Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And we today are doing a solo episode of The Clone Wars, Season 1, Episode 5, Rookies. Yep. I'm excited for this one. Are you excited for this one? I am. Tell well, me why <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, let's let's go through what happens in this episode. Okay, so we open on the Rishi station, mm-hmm. which is outside of Camino. Yeah, it's uh so recall that Dexter said that Camino is well past the Rishi maze. Mm-hmm, and this I is do the Rishi that. moon and it's so it's a listening post for rookie clones that they have to man way out in the boondocks. Aw, Dex. My fave. Yeah, I don't know how he knows that. My friend. I love him so much. So, okay, so we open on Rishi Station, a.k.a. Frat Boy Central, is what I'm <laughs> calling it in my notes. <laughs> because the premise of this episode is that as the clone army uh, being produced on Kamino is being deployed, they're forced to use younger and younger clones and rushing them into service because they're the Republic is so strapped. For forces, you can tell that they're younger because their armor is cleaner. Otherwise, they're they look identical. Shinies. They are. Yes. Rookies are called shinies in the Clone Wars, which is adorable. <laughs> it's wonderful. So we open on a couple of clones manning this kind of remote station, and da 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 da. It's Domino Squad mm-hmm. from Clone Cadets. Clone Cadets. Yeah, aka my faves. So we got heavy echo cut up. Fives, fives and droid bait and droid bait and a sergeant oh there's a bunch of people there yeah there's quite a few the radio is playing their arm wrestling it probably smells like axe body spray and musk <laughs> and sweat it's actually I, I love the radio station because there's like a little holographic woman who's like this one goes out to the mud jumpers the 224th on mimban keep your chins up boys yeah and it's very war movie i like it It is very war movie. It's actually, it's a fun vibe. I'm into it. Meanwhile, Anakin and Obi-Wan are still tracking Grievous after the Malevolence arc. Mm -hmm. So we're following a couple different plot lines before they all converge at, on the Rishi moon. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Domino Squad, they're shinies, they're new. They got kind of a crappy outpost that's suitable to their experience level, which is basically defending Kamino. Like one of a string of remote outposts that's defending Camino, yep. which it turns out is a great idea because General Grievous is headed straight there to try to destroy the clone production process. And he does that by launching a bunch of landing craft full of commando droids at it in a yeah. meteor shower. Domino Squad is pretty rapidly attacked by scary murder droids. Yeah, this is the first time we see the commando droids and they are real scary. They, they are horrible. They're they look like uh regular battle droids except not stupid and they're black and they carry enormous machetes and they're like quick. And you know who they remind me of is the dark troopers from season two of Mando. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Just like the menacing mm-hmm. murderedness of them. Yeah. So they show up and the quickly kill a sentry CT327. Mm-hmm. Who might have been Droidbait. I was going to say, where is Droidbait this episode? Maybe that was him. It might have been. Oh, RIP. God. Uh-huh. Immediately pour one out for the sentry who is among many clones immediately killed by the murder bots. Mm-hmm. Their sergeant, who you can tell he's the sergeant because he has uh, he's he's got touch of gray that he's applying to his eyebrows oh and his temples. 
enough gray to look experienced, enough brown to look energetic. <laughs> look like every other clone. I mean, that's a choice. I like it. Yeah, it's fine. He's killed with a shot to the face. He's killed. He, they knock him down and then they gun him down gangster style. Three droids shoot him right in the... So I was busy writing notes when I watched this part and Sam hit pause on my laptop and was like, you missed a part. Goes back, makes me watch it again. It was rough. Salt on the wound. Yeah. Babe, thanks for that. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So as the murder bots are infiltrating the Rishi station, only about four clones escape from them. Yeah. Fives, Echo, Cut Up, and Heavy. And Heavy. Mm -hmm. How could we forget? Yeah. Grievous, we know, is behind it. Asage is serving as his spy on Kamino. Mm-hmm. He is flying in just as Commander Cody is flying in to do a routine inspection. With Rex. With Rex. So everyone is converging on this outpost. Mm-hmm. So the four clones on the Rishi outpost have escaped and they make their way down into like the outside the station. Yeah. And right away, there's a slithering and an enormous Rishi eel. Cut up is eaten by a giant eel, and I am horrified. One chomp. I mean, one and done. Mm -hmm. It's awful. It's horrible. I was kind of struck at how they're like, oh, poor cut up. They literally are like, oh, shucks. And I'm like, that's your battle brother, you jerks. Yeah. Pour one out for cut up. So now we're two down at least of Domino Squad. It's it's going, they're going through them quickly. It is brutal. So the droids are very clever and they realize, they're like, no, we don't need an inspection. Please don't come. And Cody's like. Yeah. Okay. So Cody and Rex are like uh, paging Rishi station. Mm-hmm. We're coming in to do an inspection. And the battle droids like put on a clone trooper helmet and they're like, everything is fine. We perform Gungan ritual conceptual <laughs> arts. <laughs> We need you not. (laughs) And Cody and Rex are like, we're not having any of that. This is nonsense. So they land and they're walking up to the door and a clone trooper comes out who's just gesticulating wildly. It's like a Pinocchio puppet. Like, (laughs) (laughs) hello, everything as you see is fine. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Please leave. (laughs) Uh the Domino Squad down at the bottom recognizes that the inspection team is there and that they're worried that Cody and Rex are going to get killed by droids. Mm-hmm. So they shoot off a flare. They do. And then Rex is like, take off your helmet. And then the battle droid masquerading as a clone trooper. Well, no. As soon as he sees the droid flare, Rex headshots. Shoots him in the face. Shoots him in the face. And Cody's like, hold up. Never have I been so attracted to a collection of pixels, Sam. I tell you this in strict confidence. By, by the end of the episode, she was fanning herself oh my God. with pictures of Captain Rex. It was... Just worshipping at the altar yeah. of Captain Rex. Like, holy moly. So the droids realize the jig is up, come out and grenade the entire landing platform. Mm-hmm. And Cody and Rex have to escape. Skitter away. Yeah. Wouldn't they run into the remnants of Domino Squad? Mm-hmm. And uh, who is Is it Heavy? Who's like, who are you? Well, so first, uh, Cody and Rex, they see 
you know, they're in a cloud of smoke and they see clones coming towards them and they point their guns at them. Take like, off your helmets. Yeah, hands up. Take take your sunbonnets off. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's up? They take them off and we see them. They're like, hey, shinies. Yeah. And then uh, Heavy's like, who are you? And would you like to do the line? Do you want me to do the line? I, do, I desperately do. <laughs> please, please favor this undeserving, unworthy Rex, one. Rex says, the name's Rex. You can call me Captain or Sir. <laughs> Sploosh. Yeah, Anna, Anna gets a little Twitter hated at that. Oh my god, it's so good. Anyway, that was humiliating for me and both <laughs> of us, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> One of many fabulous Rex lines in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'll say that for nothing. Yeah, so then they make their way. They spider-man their way up the Mm -hmm. outcropping and um wait a second we forgot the best part what's that rex ko's the eel that kills cut up in one shot oh yeah he shoots it right in the eye and it falls over dead oh i thought it was like the jaw hinge no it's right through the eye yeah and it is like as soon as that's when heavy's like who are you yeah yeah i can't believe we forgot that was was a big deal that was the best part of the episode it (laughs) goes strictly downhill from there Oh, boy. Anyway, so then after Rex does the most, then they climb back up the outcropping to get back into the station Mm -hmm. where they have the bright idea of walking through the front door. And so Cody is sitting there saying, there's no way this is going to work as Rex pretends to be. (laughs) Rex hand puppets a battle droid. Rex is a clone pretending to be a droid pretending to be a clone. (laughs) My, how the turntables. Like, is your vocabulator not working? He's like, Roger, Roger. He tries it in his Australian accent like eight different ways. Mm-hmm. It's great. He does not get a single one of them correct. They open the door and they're like, oh, no, it's a clone. And he says, Roger, Roger, and pew, shoots pew, them all. Pew, yeah. pew. So they make their way forward into the command station and are watching over everything. Meanwhile, up in orbit. Meanwhile, up in orbit, everyone is making their way to... They're making their way to Rishi. And so what they find is that the all-clear signal has been wired on and they can't fix it. Yep, okay. Which is good, but on Grievous's command ship, his droid, you know, whichever number of droids he's going to punch next is like, we haven't heard anything. Like The all-clear is still transmitting, but we haven't heard anything. And General Grievous, in a rare fit of competence says there can be no mistakes send down reinforcements and they send down like an entire big battle like uh, one of those landers full of droids and then obi-wan and anakin are like hmm it's really weird that cody hasn't like said anything yet but the all clear signal's still going so like probably everything's fine well they have a funny bit of banter because oh my god yeah obi-wan's like it's it's weird that he does that anakin's like well maybe he is bored of your regulations and protocols (laughs) obi-wan's like maybe he cody is learning from rex to not pay attention to the rules and they're like either way we still have like our work to do but we're gonna keep an eye on it chef's kiss (laughs) it is wonderful so cody rex heavy fives and echo are like Mm -hmm. Okay, we can't do anything, but what we can do is probably get the all clear beacon to stop firing. So we got to go detonate it with liquid Tabana. Tabana? Yeah. Uh, which sounds like a shot you order at a bar. <laughs> I'll take three liquid Tabanas, please. Uh, tabana gas is the gas uh, from 
Bespin in episode six with Lando. That was his uh, last big scheme. Oh. And it is used in turbo lasers, and they used it to store energy. It's some sort of space plot device fuel. They had cooled in a bunch of gonk droids, so they march a bunch of gonk droids up to the main station. It was by far my favorite, um, what do you call it, MacGuffin of the episode? Yeah. We'll use the liquid Tabana. Like, oh, yeah, perfect. Never mentioned again. Gotta wait till episode six. Mm-hmm. So the clones make it to wherever. I mean, what kind of device is it? Like, So they have like three tanks of high explosive wired up with a detonator in the main control room. And then they can't get the detonator to line up the signal with the transmitter, right. which would allow them to detonate from a distance. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the droids have showed up and are marching inexorably towards them because they're so, outnumbered yeah. 100 to 1. Time is running very short. Heavy is like, okay, let me take care of it. I'm sure I can get it to line up. Everyone else skedaddles. Mm-hmm. And Heavy is trying hard to get it to line up. He is not successful. He's, it's it's like connecting your Bluetooth to something else. You're like, why is this not working? And I literally it- need Sam to connect every Bluetooth device <laughs> in my entire life. They they repel me. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I, I did that professionally for like two years uh, testing Bluetooth software. But um, yeah, they're, they're a bugaboo. They don't work. They don't work. And they don't work opaquely. And that's that's how this looked. It honestly looked like he's he's pressing green on one thing. He's like, all right, that's green. And that's red. That should be green. And it is red. And then the time runs out. There is no more time. And Heavy's like, I know what I need to do. So Heavy has slid around the corner with his big rotary laser cannon. And he's going to charge up and manually detonate it. Uh, he's hoping what that was the droid line? something up. Big gun doesn't make a big man yeah, when, the, when the clones are arming up. And I'm like, that's what I think every time someone's open carrying in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag relatable. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Shoot a cantaloupe? But um, <laughs> so they get to uh, so heavy runs back towards the detonator and gets shot to pieces. He gets shot in the back several times. Mm-hmm. The the battle droids are like, is he dead? He keeps crawling his way towards the detonation button. And they're like, do we take prisoners? And his last words, the last words of Heavy the Clone are, I don't. And then bam, he presses the button and everything explodes, including uh, him. Yep. So noble sacrifice. Uh, the last line that anyone radioed to him because he said, I know what I have to do. And Rex is like, I don't like your tone, Trooper. And they're running back, but just in time, everything explodes. Once that occurs, the plot resolves. Rapidly. In about two minutes. No time for Anna to have any sort of emotional reaction Mm -hmm. to this without missing the rest of the plot. Thanks for that, Clone Wars. So uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are like, oh, there's the problem. They show up. They repel Grievous' invasion fleet. They send down a lander to pick up what's left of domino's squad which is now just echo and fives wow and cody and rex from five to two um importantly obi-wan back at wherever their central command hq oh they're just on one of their cruisers back on one of the cruisers i guess obi-wan gives echo and fives uh two medals (laughs) what one medal each basically and they're like we failed our mission we don't deserve this and then Cody says, you're exactly the kind of troops that I need in the 501st. Well, that was Rex. Rex is the captain of the 501st, and Cody is the commander mm-hmm. of the 212th attack. So Cody outranks Rex. 
Right, 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 right. And then Echo and Fives become ARC troopers? No, they join the 501st, okay. which is Anakin's unit, and it is, like, the best. Yeah. So What I realized is that if you go straight back to clone cadets, mm-hmm. this, is pr- this is not how they wanted it to happen, but this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted to dip from Domino Squad and join Bravo Squad, who mm-hmm. were the most capable and expeditious of the squadrons in their graduation. <laughs> and... This is kind of what they wanted all along, and it is so bittersweet because all it took was the death of their battle brothers. Yeah, out of that whole squad, just two left. This was at least a four on the cryometer. You were grouchy after watching it. I was not pleased. Because you know why? Because we just freaking met Domino Squad. So, importantly, Mm -hmm. uh, this is season one, episode five. Right. And Clone Cadets is what? Season three, Three, episode episode one. one. So that's a flashback episode. I recognize that, and I felt personally victimized by our in-universe chronology, (laughs) Samuel. So if you'll recall, when we were first, um, I think before we started recording the podcast, we were having lunch with some friends, and one of them mentioned it didn't make sense to him, this episode order. And that is what actually made me rethink the order that Hmm. we were watching them this episode. Oh, you were going to start us just on the Clone Wars straight through. Yeah, and that, that comment, because... Uh, that friend said it didn't make sense to me, like going back and seeing Echo and Fives, who go on to become major characters, oh. as cadets all of a sudden. And so, going pure chronological order is because of this moment. And I have been holding out of what happens, especially during the Clone Cadets episode, uh, to see your reaction in the deaths of Cut Up, Droid Bait, and Heavy. So I have many thoughts. I will say my first thought is that I had absolutely no memory of this episode. When we started watching The Clone Wars together, like last December, Mm -hmm. maybe, it was winter for sure. And I remember a couple standout episodes. This is not one of them. I remembered nothing. The second thing is that... I didn't know that Echo and Fives were going to show up again. I didn't know Domino Squad was going to show up again. Mm -hmm. I assumed they were sort of a device to get us to care about and humanize clone squadrons as individuals and Mm -hmm. recognize that the war is made up of different moving parts, but everyone is an individual and has feelings and aspirations. I had no idea they were going to pop up again. So when we opened on Domino Squad, I was like, oh, my God, it's Domino Squad. Yay. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later. Oh, my God. Domino Squad. Domino Squad is on the ground. Yeah, they got they got beat up pretty bad. They got shellacked. That's that's an interesting point. We've talked about a little bit in the past of how uh, every Star Wars character has a crazy backstory. Mm-hmm. And you were really on board with it previously. And now we get to see that because... What really happened here was that Clone Cadets is the backstory for Fives and Echo, because they're going to go on to become really important characters, which is good. What do you want to talk about with this episode? This is one that actually has better than decent military 
like togetherness, hmm. cohesion, thoughts, hmm. uh, setting up a listening post, setting it up to uh, require an all clear, having the all clear go off, be an invasion alarm. That's all pretty clever stuff. And then Grievous defending himself by bouncing at the first sign of trouble. Like that is military wisdom, which is not always present in the Star Wars universe. Just want to shout it out. It's a good move. Um, <laughs> Sam has thoughts and opinions yeah. about the validity of battle strategy in the Star Wars universe. I do. And, you know, it's it's funny. I've, I've said this a few times in various forums, especially in like Dungeons and Dragons, for example. The rules of the game you are playing change the game you are playing. And so like playing Battlefront 2, for example, the way the powers and speed of and firing is set up, you feel like you're a clone trooper or you feel like you're a droid mm. because you need to march in with a thousand people blasting wildly to get a kill. Similar to how like Dungeons and Dragons plays differently playing systems. Mm. So but that doesn't preclude wise strategy. And this was wise strategy as as we stated earlier in Ambush, um, talking about how strategy is. The, so I, I believe it was Napoleon who said, you know, tactics is for amateurs, strategy is for uh, experts, and logistics is for masters. Ooh. This is a... Explain what you mean by logistics. Uh, so logistics is giving the materiel, which is war supplies, to the soldiers who need it and putting the soldiers where they need to be. Like your cavalry needs bowstrings and swords mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. and... Or you know, laser charges. And if, amazing that my brain goes to medieval fantasy and yours goes to the topic at hand. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, because you can have the absolute best soldiers in the perfect position and then they run out of bowstrings and laser charges and they die. And so you need to have the stuff there to make it happen. And this is an example of sort of strategy and, and logistics. So if you have the stuff there and the people there to, be able to move when you need to move. And that is what the whole arc of the episode was. That's fascinating because the layperson would assume logistics are for rookies, shinies, because mm -hmm. it's just like stuff. And then tactics are for mid-level managers, basically. And then you'd assume that the masters are the ones doing the strategy. Well, you know, inverting that is why Napoleon... Uh, actually got to take selfies at the pyramids as a <laughs> Corsican Frenchman who took over Egypt and all of Europe. Let me be yeah. clear. Napoleon definitely knows a little bit more about this <laughs> than I do. Napoleon would enjoy this like, episode. Let's march back to Paris and eat croissants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also enjoyed the pacing of mm. this episode in the sense of there is the very clear, very taut A plot of Domino Squad and later Domino Squad plus Cody and Rex with just enough pressure from like, golly, a minute and a half of screen time each from General Grievous, mm -hmm. Asajj Ventress, and the uh, the Jedi brothers. So You know, what I appreciated along with the pacing was the structure of this episode. I find it really compelling as a new viewer mm. when you have like these three strands that start out separate and then they begin to braid, mm. which is what we saw when everyone converged on Camino. Yeah. So for me, that's really wonderful because you get to see disparate characters in their environments, like separate from each other. And then as they come together, you get to see them interact with each other, which is, it's a payoff for me. It lets me understand who the character is in isolation and then see how they work together, like when they collide. 
Yeah, for sure. And it also shows the uh, character motivations. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a clone-centric episode, one of the big things that's talked about at least three times is that they're defending Kamino, which is the closest thing the clones have to a home. Mm-hmm. And so the clones take this exceptionally personally. Mm-hmm. There's a moment uh, before Rex and Cody catch up with Domino's squad, and they're saying, oh, it'll just be like that time on Tibrin. And Rex says, we had Jedi at Tibrin. They helped. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, lert- they're sitting there and they know their own abilities or the limits on their abilities yes exactly and so another line later that rex says is we need to take that station so we're going to take that station and like that there's no question about it there's no doubt uh rex is a real commander and this is um if you watch in order in like the uh, release order this is really one of the first times we see rex Mm. and what an introduction it is yeah yeah, he's is good. he wearing that cool finned blue armor where mm-hmm. it's, like it's asymmetric and one shoulder kind of swoops up and it's really yes. dramatic? So my name is on the tip of my tongue. He wears a combat skirt, which is a cool thing. Oh, because, like the Roman Legion. Yeah, sort of. Uh, it, you know, it helps with shrapnel and stuff because if you just have like a, a nice sturdy skirt around, like it doesn't interfere with anything. But like if a rock's flying at you, it'll, it'll mm-hmm. bounce off. Um, and the fin is on his right shoulder, which I assume is going to be his shooting arm. Sounds left. Although most of the clones appear to be uh, pretty darn uh, ambidextrous. Yeah, they're they're good either way because uh, Rex dual wields. Rex just carries two pistols wow. the whole time. So a question that I had back when we finished the Malevolence arc that I mm-hmm. didn't think of in time: we see Plo Koon like in space, just himself mm-hmm. no helmet no suit no whatever and i was thinking why did they make the clone army from Django fett's dna when they could have had plo Koon? <laughs> like why did they choose humans humans are so fragile so at a deep philosophical level there's the uh anthropic principle which is that the idea of i just rolled my and, eyes straight back to the uh, wall are you, behind are you me. alive still <laughs> I don't know. Keep going. We'll so see if you resuscitate it's, it's me. It's the idea that uh, the universe is shaped because of the way humans operate. And a fictional universe is, of course, shaped because of the way humans think a fictional, fictional universe should work. Human biases. Yeah. So the Star Wars universe is a whole bunch of places where humans can breathe. And there's not many places that humans can breathe. There's like humans can only breathe the air in like, what, 95% of our planet? Yeah. Like, because if you're on Antarctica, if you're on the North Pole, your lungs are going to freeze, you know? And if you're on Death Valley or, unfortunately, British Columbia this last week, your lungs will burn out, so. Fascinatingly, we just bought the Star Wars book, which was co-written by Pablo Hidalgo, who's like the Star Wars canon czar, Mm -hmm. and Dan Z from Coffee Mm -hmm. with Kenobi, which we love. And the introduction paragraph of the book says that there are billions of planets in the star wars universe yeah and we only see like a hundred of them in star wars canon less yeah i mean we really only see like 12 and it's the ones that look like places that we can go exactly i think we're limited in scope because we're following a bunch of humans around and Mm -hmm. humans have to breathe now that said it is uh having a oxygen based biology where inhale oxygen, you exhale, you use sugar to create ATP and you exhale carbon dioxide is the one that works on our planet and no one's come up with a different compelling one. However, Plo Koon, for example, would be a creature and he breathes, I don't know, ammonia, 
something like something. that. And that means that he needs his rebreather to breathe in a planet like Earth. Mm-hmm. But other creatures need rebreathers to live on a planet like his. So maybe they chose whichever one is the most prevalent or where the most people live. Anyway, to wrap this yeah, very a- circuitous thought up, <laughs> what made me think of this was like, oh, yeah, Rex might be mixed handed or ambidextrous, but Plo Koon can survive in space. Yeah. So y'all are dumb for using Jango Fett's DNA. And that's my hill that I'm going to die on. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Ooh, All how right. did you get that spicy thought up very quickly? <laughs> One thing that I deeply appreciated about this episode and why I think it is happening so soon in universe chronology Mm -hmm. is that it is illustrating the stakes of the Clone Wars. And it's illustrating that when you're a clone, you have to be lucky to survive. Yeah. Don't be lost in line like cut up. R.I.P. Cut up. Yeah. You can tell it's him because of his, well, because they call him out. But he also has that slight Irish accent for some reason. And you get to hear him earlier on in the episode. I liked him. We all liked him. Yeah. Oh, well. Poor cut up. He always hated this. Or he- what did they it say? It was heavy. End? He always hated this place. <laughs> As he blows it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's uh, that's most of the episode. It's uh, it's a sad one. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot to be said for watching Clone Cadets before it. Absolutely. I think that's why I had no memory of this episode. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just a bunch of clones. This is a clone centric episode. Please fast forward through this one. Whereas on this watch through, I was like, oh my God, you can tell it's Echo because he's citing the regulation mm-hmm. manual. And Heavy sounds just like Yao from Mulan. He's like, rawr, 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 rawr. also, Heavy got the advice from 99 that you don't always have to do it all yourself. But that's my big point. Yeah. But Heavy didn't learn that lesson and he did it all himself and that is how he died but he saved the day and probably got a posthumous medal for what that's worth you know wow that's depressing posthumous wow. medal for clones wow so many three million of them probably to yeah. be exact would you like to lighten things up a little bit I, better yeah do you know what time it is oh, it's time for baywatch it's time for baywatch oh, play tap this time the only th- no <laughs> Baywatch, 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 Baywatch. Too soon. (laughs) Oh my God. Who's your bae this time? I feel like, I feel like Mrs. Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. You have no respect for my nerves. <laughs> and you're like, on the contrary, Mrs. Bennett, they've been my constant companion this entire TV series. <laughs> I was obviously holding out for this big reveal. So do you want to go first? In Baywatch? Yeah. Am I going to steal your bay? I don't know. Tell me. Oh, maybe. Well... Do you want to do a one, two, three reveal? I'm going to say that my bay for this episode is is Rex. And I... I'm sorry. I'm processing this information. Why? I've chosen Rex before. I like Rex. But, all right. So, Rex shows up. Uh, he is working for Commander Cody. And I find that interesting because... Uh, so, Anakin and Obi-Wan are generals. 
Ahsoka and Cody are commanders. Rex is a captain. He's the next rank down. But he takes charge of the situation at like this tactical. And he does that the whole time. He's got a few cool lines, a few that I think are corny. Like Heavy says permission to take point, And Rex is like. I'm always first, kid. And then he charges in and shoots everyone. It's it's cool. Um, I, that didn't come across as corny to me. That came across as like, woof, the confidence, the audacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like that he's. I think he's the star of the episode in a way that you're getting to know Rex and you're getting to know the backstories of Echo and Domino. Rex is a scene stealer Mm -hmm. in this episode for sure. Which is, you know, so funny because like you said, they're clones. They all, they all look alike. They all have the same voice, but he, he steals the scene with the way he operates. And then at the end, I mean, throughout it, you're seeing that, Rex is being trained by Anakin to be this tip of the spear, to be like this extreme Mm. show up, get things done group. Rex really embodies those principles. And at the end, when he says, you're exactly the kind of men I want in the 501st, that is really compelling towards the character arcs of Echo and Fives. Rex throws off big dick energy. I'm not (laughs) afraid to say it. Like The clones. They're they're clones, but I think he got all of Django Fett's swagger. I think there was one little strand, uh-huh. and they're like, just drop it in that test tube, and it was Rex's, and that's why yeah. he is who he is, which is, whew. So who is your bae, then? Well, this is why I think it's funny that Rex is your bae, because Rex was my initial bae. Mm-hmm. You let me go first, though. And then, obviously, because I'm not a psychopath, I X'd it out and put heavy you maniac. Why am I the maniac? How is Heavy not your bay? Heavy did not learn the lesson from ambush. You are incorrect, and I will tell you why. Heavy blended his nature, his, his quintessence mm-hmm. of always being first and always standing out. Blended that with the lesson that 99 taught him in Clone Cadets, which was you have brothers... And you are less without them. He became one of a team instead of just being a team of one. He took both of those lessons. He blended them together. And instead of being first to glory, he was first to sacrifice himself for the good of everyone. He was a martyr. He died to save and protect his brothers and the ones who are keeping his brothers alive. He is a hero. Yeah, I I don't disagree. This episode, as I stated earlier really tickles my war nerd bones of saying like there's a good element of war here and i'm reminded of a quote by Patton, which goes something to the effect of the way to win wars is not to die for your country it's to make the other son of a bitch die for his country and that's not the lesson heavy learned either i i simply ask would this episode have ended in a successful resolution if heavy had not sacrificed himself how else were they going to detonate the all clear beacon. Well, that's a great question. I'm reminded of, and hopefully I'll I'll run my Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons campaign before our next up ep- or before the, before the players listen to this episode. But it's uh, you know, you can always fail forward, and you can't fail forward if you've lost all of your resources, and you can't fail forward if everyone's dead. You can always fail forward. And so I think that they had other options. Now, granted, within the realms of the dramatic, in 22 minutes, they didn't have a fail forward. And from a character arc perspective of propping up the future careers of Fives and Echo, Heavy did that. So did Cutta. So did Droid Bay a little bit. I 
I don't discount heavy as an integral part of this this arc. I just he's not on my Baywatch, but he still gets a nom from you. So there you go. You know what? It's to commemorate him as no one will ever commemorate him ever again because he's dead. And I'm cranky about it. And if Asajj freaking Ventress and Admiral freaking Trench can be on the Baywatch power rankings, then mark my words, Heavy's going to be on there. Time immemorial on our website. (laughs) I just want to say, what do you think 99 would say when slash if he heard about Heavy dying? That's a good question. I think he would say, wow, Heavy really learned his lesson and Heavy did what he needed to do for his brothers. And Heavy might have even done it for 99. He might have. He was defending his home the only way that he could with his own self. I think we should mark those words. Okay. (laughs) Sam is looking at me with his superior Star Wars knowledge (laughs) and being like, oh, you sweet summer child. Oh, you sweet summer child. To wrap it all up, this is a good clone-centric episode. I will not be coming back to this episode anytime soon. I don't want to relive this experience. It was awful. So it was a good, dramatic, clone-centric episode. It was a great episode. I just, you know, I'm fragile. (laughs) I'm small snowflake, and I don't like clone death. Well, there you go. That's what I got. That was a really depressing note. Um... On the plus side, the Rishi stations on a beautiful planet. I really liked those flying translucent manta ray things in the opening scene. Yeah. There we go. That's a positive note. There you go. Beautiful moon. Shame about the uh, war graves. Oh, my God. it up for this episode uh special shout out this week to rachel our newest patreon yay thanks rachel yeah i really appreciate it goes a long way towards uh keeping the keeping the lights on keeping the metals coming yeah keeping the surviving clones decorated i can make so many dark jokes i'm just cutting myself off all right (laughs) all right so as always you can follow us on social at growing up skywalker we've got Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And if you like what we do and you want to support us, follow us on Patreon. We've got uh, some plans for some new stuff upcoming and, and send us any messages you like. Uh, read every single one of them. And next week we're doing the droid art, which is going to be season one, episode six, season one, episode seven. Replacement droid. Yeah. If you like the episode, please send it to the cut up of your friend group, RIP. Yeah. Or your new boss, like uh, Cody or Rex. Your new boss, who's a total badass. Or the heavy of your friend group, the one who always wants to go out alone, but supports you in your future endeavors. Even when they move on. Oh, what a babe. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.